the fire. Faith really plays a huge part in raising your children with a healthy masculinity. And I, I have to say, it's not just raising them, but you're raising a future, hopefully, spouse who's going to have someone that's going to be with them forever, and they're going to produce children, and they're going to pass it on. We are abdicating what our roles are as parents. We really are. And this whole thing of just letting them raise themselves, they have no idea. They're clueless. How can we let... That is so unloving. It's so uncaring. And we're not saying that. When you have peace, there is joy. And joy is so much better than happiness. Welcome to Through the Fire. Cutting through the passions. Clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. Welcome to Through the Fire, where we are on the case talking about the tough issues in the culture today, facing them with some psychological and theological wisdom and applications that we hope will bless you. And today we're going to continue our conversation talking about healthy masculinity and why it's so important to talk about it now. We're going to continue the conversation with our guest, David L. Savage, who is the podcaster and radio host of Wrestling with the Inner Man. He is also the author of The Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity. And we left off last time, we were talking about how he's bringing his um, charm uh, school, charm school, Right, so you're talking right, about. Right. Well, so the, the women, because men failed, mm-hmm. now it's summer school. Is this <laughs> <laughs> for the flunkies? Well, well, right? welcome, welcome back, David. You're, I mean, is, the conversation. School, you don't pass, you know. <laughs> summer school. I love it. Summer school. That's right, and it's about how you can uh, court, win, and keep a woman. Right. Yeah, that's a, correct. A good woman. The the woman. The woman. Yeah, the the woman. woman. Not a woman. The woman. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think, and honestly, just to jump back in, I think that's what we're seeing. I, I watch a lot of these podcasts where guys are kind of reasserting their masculinity, mm-hmm. and that's what they're missing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're just this masculinity, like, well, we're going to protect you, so you do this for us, and blah, 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 blah. Like, they're trying to reestablish these lines, but you're starting to see, well, that's no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a healthy masculinity mm-hmm. that actually is something that's good for our men and great for our women, and is something that actually... I think the Lord wants for each one of us because he wants us to live in a relationship with him, but in a a loving relationship with with our wives and our daughters and our sons. Mm -hmm. So I love this charm school idea. I think not. Am I in summer school, though, baby? I mean, I just have to all your life. You're in summer school. (laughs) All my life. All of your life. This is the first time I've ever thought I had to go to summer school. (laughs) Now I got to go to summer school. But it's the best. I can help you out. Great. You can help me out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I write poems. I am a poet That's and I right. have all these wonderful poems. I write my wife a poem every year at Christmas that summarizes uh, the entire year, you know, and I kind of go through like my phone and look at all my pictures and kind of make a little catalog. Oh, and then we... that way it'll be like that movie, like the notebook, you know, if we, if I get Alzheimer's or something, mm-hmm. we'll have a record. And so I've got 20 years of poems and then, uh, I even made her a Casey Kasem top 40 list actually, it was more songs than that, but uh, where I, I my one of my sons is a sound engineer, and so we've got all this stuff at the house, and so I did like dedications, and I read her poems, and then I made this playlist of this music, and oh man, it was it was great. But then I got in trouble with all of the I, the the 
the guys. You know, they were like, man, you set the bar too high. See, I was just going to say, now, this, you know exactly what, yeah. this, what we'd be saying around the campfire right now is we got to get rid of this guy. No, we got to right. somehow take him out. No, but here's, let me tell you about my husband. <laughs> So you know you you you're talking about how men can 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 find the the woman right, the right you right. know the woman for them. Yes, I had a list of what I wanted, and I, I'm I'm I know some people go you had a list. No, I literally had a list of what I was looking for in a man, and one of them, uh, the first thing primarily was that they were Christian. Didn't just yeah. say they were, but they lived it. They understood what that meant, right. and were directed and lived the life as directed by God and the way that He would. Whatever that took, right, and how he defined it, and so um, that was my primary thing. The second one was that um, I wanted him to play piano. I wanted somebody who was a musician because there's a discipline, there's a certain kind of connection and different kind of elevation if you are someone that has that kind of a of a have have cultivated that kind of a skill. So when we first went out on our very first meet up with two other people because I wouldn't go with him by myself because we met on a blind date and I would not go out with blind someone I didn't date. know. He went home and wrote me a song. Oh, that's And when he proposed to me, he wrote me a song. And so my husband is a songwriter. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can hang with you a little bit uh, on the, but the poetry, yeah. I no, think that might be. he's not a poet. <laughs> that's a whole different <laughs> level. A, you know, well, if you could do the music, you know, with, it's like Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, we could do it. I think we could, I, I can see a new path. I can see a new savage path for my life right here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, talk through us again a little bit more about your book and about, you know, these principles for a healthy masculinity, because I think, you know, Jordan Peterson said something about this too. He said, you know, men need to be What's, what's the word? Not scary, but uh, dangerous. Right, dangerous. But then a uh, dangerous man so that he can protect, so that he actually has a presence where people aren't going to mess mm-hmm. with that family, et cetera. But then he, he the, the whole goal of masculinity is not to ever have to use it. Right, to be able to tame it. And, and right. so it's the ability to contain. And then the real strength is something where you can serve and you can say, I want what's best for my wife, what's best for my son, what's best for my daughter. And I'll be the foundation of that, mm-hmm. strong enough to hold them up and let them be who they are called to be, who God created them to be. And I think that's what you're getting at with this savage path, right? I mean, the, this this path that we're following. Right. It's not just uh, it's not just strength. You know, people think of masculinity as just being, you know, physical strength. But, you know, masculinity is also, you know, protecting, protecting women. Women want to be uh, affirmed, yes. you know, courted, made to feel special. Yes. Um, you know, I, I took... Two of my sons on this thing. I don't know if you can see it, but it's a benchmark. Christ, uh, in, the Christ in the Tetons. Yeah. And if you can see the definition there, the biblical definition of manhood for, for my family is a Christian man rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and expects God's reward. So unequivocal, no questions about that. My sons are tired of me reciting it. <laughs> and, uh, Put the coin and so, away, Dad. <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, that's, it, it's this passivity, really, that seems to be the real problem now. And it's because, as I said, I think feminism has gotten a little too militant. We're now, if you hold a door open, if you do something courteous, you know, like, I don't need that. You know, I'm, you know, my own person. Right. And so it's just, kindness you know it's the fruit of the spirit you know mm-hmm. it's it's self-control uh gentleness kindness those all those things are important courteous you know i'll tell you another funny little story for the book because you know when i was a kid i'm the youngest of four and i was uh i was kind of a 
the Dennis the Menace <laughs> kind of a hybrid, you know, <laughs> and a mischief maker, you know, really. And, and, and so when I went off to scout camp, our scout master was a chief master sergeant, of the NCO Academy, square crew cut, smoke, filterless camel cigarettes, <laughs> tough guy. And, you know, he had this policy where you had to say yes, sir, or no, sir, all the time. And I, I, I was trying to find a workaround and I would say, okay. And, and that didn't work. And so he had this one pound coffee can that was painted yellow and it had a number five on it. And he said, all right, David, you got to carry this. And I had a bailing wire handle because you got to, you got to carry that can around camp everywhere, all your merit badge classes, swimming, <laughs> rowing, canoeing. And then uh, he'd give me another opportunity. And if I didn't say yes or no, sir, he'd put a, a big rock in it. And <laughs> I had a big can full of rocks for maybe the first day and a half. And, uh, and the reason was, is the fifth point of the scout law is courteous, you know? So that's why I had the number five on it. It's like, you know, trustworthy, helpful, friendly, you know, and it was courteous. And he goes, you're going to be courteous. You're going to, you're going to learn to say yes, sir. No, sir. And you know, you can't go home or anything. You're here at camp all week with me. And, and he broke me. And, uh, you know, at the time I wasn't real keen on it, but it, it really instilled something in me that has lasted, you know, my whole life. And right. those are the kinds of things that we're not doing anymore to right. help teach and train young men right. to be courteous, to be kind, to be helpful, to be thrifty and brave, clean and reverent, all those things that are the 12 points of the scout law. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and we were talking a little bit, even as we were rethinking what we'd gotten through in the last program. And that is, you know, a lot of people say, I want my kids to be happy today. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, uh, who doesn't want their children to be happy? But sure. I, I, th- but that's not the point. As a father, as a mother, you're, you're saying, and especially as a father, you're saying, no, I want my children to be faithful. Right. I want them to be committed to the right things. And, and that could lead us into difficulties and struggles and all kinds of things. But happiness is always a byproduct of right thinking and right living. Um, it's never it's never an end in and of itself. And so, again, I think that's what you're getting at. You're saying, men, you, you've got unique things that you need to rise up to. And a good woman expects you to do that, right? Huh? Right. No, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, I just want to elaborate a little bit more on what you were saying, because it's not just about being happy, because happiness is very fleeting, right? right? So you want someone who has a strong foundation. And it's, I think whenever you have peace, because you know that you've been, you know, walking at least as much as you can in the direction that the Lord wants you to and, f- and fulfilling your purpose here in life. I think when you have peace, it, there is joy and joy is so much better than happiness. Right. And I yes. think giving people that sense of purpose, that sense of direction, definitions, which we're taking off today and using all these ridiculous pronouns and different things like that, um, that are meaningless, absolutely meaningless. Right. I mean, what is Zer and Zen? And all? I mean, who the heck? It obscures. It yeah. is. And it confuses and we're demeaning humanity. We're demeaning life. We're we're not showing any appreciation for for family members, for roles, for purpose at all, and all of this is grounded in and knowing whose you are, and so uh, faith really plays a huge part in raising your children with a healthy masculinity. And I, I have to say, it's not just raising them, but you're raising a future, hopefully, spouse who's going to have someone right. that's going to be with them forever, and they're going to produce children, and they're going to pass it on. We are abdicating. We are really abdicating what our roles are as parents. We really are. And this whole thing of just letting them raise themselves, they have no idea. They're clueless. How can we let that is so unloving. It's so uncaring. And we're not saying that. Yeah. And jump in, too, and just think about, you know, your daughter's need. You know, this is something you taught me. 
our daughters need healthy fathers, um, so. as well as our sons need healthy fathers. You know, talk about that. Talk about how masculinity uh, is is a unique thing in their lives that you can't just say, well, as long as they have a mother's love, a mother's love is vital to their their growth, but it's so a, is a father's love. It's very important. Oh, especially, I think, uh, you know, I have a daughter, we're super close, but, you know, you show your daughter what proper love looks like in the way that you love your wife. And so that way she's not going to be uh, fooled, you know, when she's out there dating and then, you know, someone's real nice and then he's maybe even physically abusive later or something, you know, you, you fight, you make up, you, you, you do that in front of your kids. You know, you show them that, Hey, yeah, we have our disagreements, but we have some fair fight rules and we, we need to communicate. We need to get through some of these things. And then we need to show them how, how to make up and that we're affectionate with one another. And, all of those things are so important because if a daughter doesn't see it, then she's going to seek the love and the attention of dad that wasn't around, you know, and, and have promiscuous behavior. And that look, that's just uh, in spades everywhere now. Yes. And, and you know, it, really sexual intimacy is, is at the root of a lot of this because it's just ever present. And the way people dress now, there's no modesty. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I belong to this health club up here and it's really nice, but what, these girls and women wear in there now is just, you know, I don't want to look at that, but you know, you're just like, good grief, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing even left of the imagination. And then it seems like even the proms now, Mm -hmm. it's almost like an orchestrated loss of virginity that the parents are complicit in, you know, like, Hey, we're going to get them a beach house down in Galveston and everybody Mm -hmm. will go down. You know, it's like, no, you know, it's hard to be a contrarian in the culture today when everybody else is doing this. And uh, so it, it takes a lot of uh, strong will on the part of the parents and you have to start so young. You just have to really start so young and, and manage, you know, what they watch and what they see and what they're taking yes. in and not just throw an iPad at your, your two-year-old and say, here, entertain yourself. Right. And, you know, it takes courage too because and the willingness to not be liked because we're not in this game. It's not it, to be liked. They're only going to have one parent, right? One mother, one father. I mean, that's what they're given. Now, because of divorce and things, you get all these bonus parents, I guess. Uh, yeah, but then the kids are really going it alone. Yeah, and and that's exactly what I'm floundering. That, yeah. There's a difference between joy and happiness, as you said earlier, uh, Marie, and it's it's huge. It's, it's a huge. huge difference. And, you know, as parents, you're not, they're not your friend. You might have a friend later on if you do a good job in cultivating a wonderful human being as an adult. But if you cultivate a, a miserable one, you're not going to like them. They're not going like to you, like you because you've let them down. And we're not talking about that today. We're saying, oh, I'm, I would just want them to be happy. I want them to be happy with me. I don't want them to not like me. So we don't teach them about valuing themselves. I'm, I'm sorry, but sometimes not going to the group, you know, sex party is, is something that is actually beneficial for you. And it's going to in the long run, you're not going to have the scars that some of these people are going to be carrying from whatever happens at these parties and these events. And you're right. I mean, the prom has become that for so many people. And in the universities, that's a part of initiation for a lot of the fraternities is to have these girls come and they go to these places and they stay overnight with these girls and everyone knows what's happening there. Yeah. And it's not an honor to be invited to something like that. It, the girls need to understand this is not an honor. 
This is not no, good. And no, the boys, this is not masculinity. So, you know, one of the things that you talked about being masculine, too, is that we need to be people of resource. And if you're a person who's a person of resource, you're building resources. For, so when those resources need to be used, they're there to be used. Well, that's the whole point of even in relationships and stuff. You're building towards something. You're resourcing towards something. Most people can't, you know, are, are not uh, resourceful today mm-hmm. because they're abdicating that role. So Talk a little bit about what you mean by a man being a person of resourcing. That yeah, he, that he and solving their resources, own problems. Solving your own problems, that kind of thing. Well, I think that just begins, well, you know, me, I'm, I'm the youngest of four children. So I think once uh, once the children outnumber the parents, you know, there has to be like rules, you know, it's like, okay, now we have chores. There has to be some discipline. Or, and there's also, you can't afford to dote and, you know, take them to every practice or every interest. That, you know, he's going to play football and soccer and you know you know he has to decide you know you get to do one thing and then we're going to do the the next things you know with the other kids and so being uh now i'm not picking on you guys i know you got an only child (laughs) but but uh it's when you when you're the youngest of four man i didn't get a lot of attention my whole my brother had a whole photo album on him and i you know i was lucky to be in any picture you know by the time the fourth one comes along but you know you you find ways you know uh to uh cultivate those relationships you know with your parents and but your siblings are close and you know we were really tight and i think that you know the the, the fact that the family has gotten smaller the parents have tended to, to helicopter and hover a little bit too much and insulate them from uh consequences so it's easier to let your kid you know wreck their bike without the training wheels on and then go okay now but you i believe in you i'm going to always believe in you i'm you know my son he uh, he graduated from AM in mechanical engineering and he's got his PE and and he just called me a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, dad, I'm thinking I'm going to leave this consulting job and I'm going to sell life insurance. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> but uh, son, so, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. But I said, look, you know what? I believe in you. You, you know what? You, it's, you're flying that plane solo now. Don't ask me for a loan, you know, yeah. but uh, this is uh, this is your life. And yeah. so you have to affirm them that, that look, what are, they're your decisions to make. And, and but in, in the last episode, you remember, you know, I talked about the bridge. Uh, people who weren't on that episode might not. But that roadway, people like the security that is provided by having boundaries. And so if you're a parent and then you you give strict, uh, you know, punishment or rules for your children, then when your children are in that tempting situation, they can say, hey, you know, I'm as experimental as anybody else, and I'm not going to judge you for whatever you're doing. But you see, my consequences are going to be a little different than yours. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to not participate in that. And it gives them the, the protection they need in the moment of weakness yeah. to to say, well, my parents kind of saved me by having these more severe consequences. So it gives them a, a barrier, you yes. know, to protect them. That's right. right. Yeah, and they don't. It's not their job to be able to see the wisdom of that. I mean, they're not even their brains aren't developed enough. They don't have to understand what you're doing to guide them. I mean, that's your role as a parent. And all these, a lot of times, I think a lot of parents want to explain to death what they're doing and the reasons for it. And the kids are not going to accept it because they want what they want, and it's not their job. And they don't have the ability, nor should they, at that time, to be able to understand and and say, "Oh yes, thank you so much for doing that." That's not their job. 
you know? Yeah. You know, we I love kids I, for export. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love, I love, you know, was that sign, that article we were reading the other day where it said a, a man, a, a boy's brain is not completely developed till 25. Right, right. Well, then these same people are saying that kid can make a decision about his sexual orientation or his masculinity and femininity when they're seven. Mm-hmm. And you just know this stuff is crazy and it's walking kids into buzzsaws. And I think what I would love Worse. to tell the, if they're kids, if they're young adults listening, intimacy is what God wants for you, but intimacy comes after commitment, and it's never going to change. So if you go to intimacy first, you are actually scarring your heart. Your heart is going to be full of so many scars that you actually won't believe in love when it Mm -hmm. shows up on your doorstep. So that's why we got to get our men to start to take their role, you know, again, uh, seriously, because young boys um, and, and women... Expect this from your men, and and men rise to that occasion, and let's see if we can actually uh, bring some joy back into people's lives, right? Absolutely. Because, I mean, right now— Everyone loves a tender heart. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, and that's men or women. And, you know, you can't just be that way with uh, pets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like that. That's true. So— we were when you were talking about the wilderness in your book. Uh, you talk about how the wilderness creates opportunities for us to discover things about ourselves. And when we are in, um, out in creation, you know, it helps us to feel closer to our Creator. Talk a little bit about that, because I know psychologically there are lots of uh, there's a lot of evidence for what you say. But talk about it from your experience. Well, so when I was uh, a backpacking guide at Philmont, so Philmont is. Uh, 219 square mile ranch in the Sangre de Cristo mountains of New Mexico and the Philip 66 brothers gave it to the Boy Scouts of America. And it's just Mm. this wonderful place. And to work there, I would, uh, as a ranger, my job would be to uh, take a group and they come from all over the country. And there were even some from Japan, Australia, and you, they have a 10 day itinerary and they're going to backpack for 10 days. I take them for three days and I train the senior patrol leader, the boy leader, to lead the whole group. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we learn about orientation, uh, about using the sumps and things so that the animals aren't in all the camps. And then, but then I would hike back by myself. And that's when it was really awesome to be in creation. That was when I saw a lot of bears. I saw a mountain lion that had just killed this deer and really got the <laughs> crap scared out of me. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but you just, uh, you know, when, when you're like, when you're in a tent at night, and you're, it's amazing how your senses just get so keen and so tuned up. Like even your your uh, sense of smell when you're hiking on the trail and you're hiking through all these huckleberry bushes, which you know the bears love to eat. And then you you smell this kind of uh, musty, yes. heavy. Uh, you're like, man, there's a there's a bear around here. You know, yeah. I I can't see him yet, but he's here. And then you start clapping or doing making <laughs> some noise so that he knows you're around and you don't have a unwanted encounter. You like bear sightings, but you don't want bear encounters. Right, 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 right. That's <laughs> and, uh, true. But it's just anything out in creation, catching a fish, watching eagles, you know, chase and, and fly and do their little courtship dance in the sky. Uh, you know, even even stars, you know, when they're shooting stars and things at night, there's just anything out in creation is just, it's truly, you know, like a sanctuary, you know, for, for me. And just, you know, even this morning, you know, I was just out in, Went for a bike ride early and then was just in my uh, backyard, got out of my pool and I was just listening to some music. I'm really trying to work on, you know, Philippians 4.8, like whatever is beautiful, whatever is lovely, whatever. That's what I want to focus on. And 
and you have to be really intentional about it because the news cycle, you know, we need to be informed, but the news is, I want you to be scared. I want you to be worried about something, I'll, you know, yes. whatever's going to cause the next cancer or mm -hmm. the recession, you name it. Monkey pox. Yeah, you have to, uh, you have to unplug from that and you have to be disciplined. And mm -hmm. so I created a playlist. I have a, 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 some of my favorite jazz music and instrumental solos, which you never hear anymore or any new music because people are actually, you know, you, you said, uh, Marie, you like music. And so there's uh, some terrific, terrific old, I have uh, the CD collection of these four decades of jazz that had just this great jazz. And I kind of unearthed that during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start listening to some of my old music and and focus on what is lovely, what is pure, what is mm -hmm. beautiful. And, and then you're in a better capacity to love others. Mm -hmm. You're like, man, I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want other people to feel good. I don't want to talk about these things that are just uh, energy suckers. Yeah. And you know, I, what you talked about too, and I, I mean, obviously men and women should, should aspire to some of what you're talking about, but men, especially that we're aware, but not afraid, you know, because that, that's one of the things that whenever I travel, you know, I, I, I love being home because when I'm home, then I know that my house is maybe maybe this is overconfidence, but my house is secure. I mean, my wife is she doesn't need to be afraid, and and that doesn't mean I'm not aware. That doesn't mean that I don't you know see what's going on outside and that kind of thing. And when you just describe that being on the trail, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, you're exactly right. When you're out there by yourself, and then you realize how vulnerable you really are, you start to develop some skills that help you prepare and protect. Well, that's a good way to then become the man that your wife needs you to be. So what a powerful thing. What a, what a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we know that whenever people are really broken or they have addictions, um, if we send them out into the wilderness to connect to nature and take away their all of their technology, so all they have is the sounds, okay, and the sights, and the ground. And we even say sometimes take off your shoes and walk on the, touch your feet to the ground because there's a certain energy that comes up from it. And you look at the patterns that are out there in creation and it just gets you back centered. And it, it's, do you know that the change starts to happen? I mean, like a real change in less than two days, people will start to heal, their minds clear, get clearer. They start to focus completely differently. There's something that's that, I mean, and this is free. This is something that the Lord gave us and he created here for us. And we are so busy today. We're so busy looking at our technology. We've created all these distractions. We don't even connect with one another, much less notice the bird that's hopping across the front of us uh, mm -hmm. you know, in our path. We just don't see anything anymore. We take so much for granted. But when you get out in nature like that and you see what our creator has, and we're part of that. We're part of this whole creation. Right now, we're even telling one another that we are part of the problem of of earth and we shouldn't yeah. be here and you know the earth belongs to everybody but us and we're just kind of intruders and it's the exact opposite the lord created this for us for us to appreciate and we're not even looking at it we're not doing yeah, anything it, to experience true wonder and awe like that you know from every sense and i that's exactly why i have to keep going you know we're going to go to idaho uh i've got a, a new friend from south africa that has never been backpacking and he's so excited and we're going to do some fishing and uh but you're right it's just to experience that at the sensory level uh, and you don't know until you're 
actually out in that 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 you've got that ability that suddenly you know your scent your sense of smell is better your taste your touch mm -hmm. everything is just keener absolutely and you feel more alive mm -hmm. because it's how you were made to be. Mm -hmm. I love this. You know, you know, C.S. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said even an artist who was painting in his studio has to occasionally go out and see the colors in nature, because otherwise mm -hmm. he can start to lose the differentiation between a certain green and a certain blue and a certain. You know, he just loses that, but then he goes outside, sees it in nature, bang, he comes back in. This has been great. I mean, I, I hope you know people read this book because yes. we do need our men to rise to the occasion because our world does need that. So if, uh, Marie, why don't you talk a little bit more about where they can go get some more information. Right. I want to say, though, that, the, that his book, David's book, The Savage Path, A, Mo a Memoir of Modern uh, Masculinity, is a, a great gift. It's a book. It's a tool for parents, life coaches, mentors, anybody who's looking for a way to be helpful and supportive of boys and young men. I really encourage you to look it up. It's available in Kindle and in print. And the best place for them is to, to reach out is at your website, right, David? Right, www.thesavagepath.com. The and Savage there's, Path. There's a study guide in the back, too. So yes. uh, if you do it in a small group, uh, there's one for each chapter. There's some scripture, and then there's some good questions that can kind of help guys kind of do the iron sharpening iron thing in the back. Yeah, and I love that because that's a, it's a really good, I think, for, for I, I don't know, I know there's, you know, lamb groups, shepherds, little uh, book clubs and things like that and, and Bible studies. I think this would be a really good one to tackle, especially today with so much confusion out there. I mean, we really need to connect and understand the value of healthy masculinity and how that is developed. And trial and error and, and discomfort are part of that. And as, as well as joyful celebrations and accomplishments. And all of that serves a purpose to developing a healthy, masculine man. Absolutely. And so I want to say thank you for being with us yes, for two thank episodes. You. Thank you for all that you're doing, for the contributions that you're making to, to humanity, really, and, you're, and for just being the wonderful Christian man that you are and how you're sharing so much, honestly, with so many people. Um, I, I'm so, I was very glad to come upon you, and, to, and I look forward to continuing our work moving forward yeah all right we'll keep collaborating so great. also great to uh visit with you get to know you a little better too yeah nice. we're, we're awesome aren't we i know <laughs> yes <laughs> self-plug <laughs> a little bit <laughs> and as always remember the fire <laughs> that's right there are two kinds of fire in the world the one that burns and consumes and the one that burns and empowers may god's word and god's love burn brightly in you giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See, See you, you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org.